Iowa makes it three in a row with the win against Wisconsin. Trent Condon, LaShawn Daniels with you today on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. We break that, that down. We also talk about the program, what this says, getting another victory after it looked like this program was in dire straits. Once again, Kirk Ferentz gets it done, and Caden Proctor, he visited Oregon, the five-star offensive lineman. What does it mean? Some intel as I talk to some people today. All coming up today on Lockdown Hawkeyes. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. He's former Hawkeye running back LaShawn Daniels. I'm Trent Condit, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day, available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube while you're there. Hit that subscribe button. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. LaShawn, good to see you again. Iowa gets the win against Wisconsin. And boy, it feels good to beat those stinking Badgers. How are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Anytime, uh, you know, the Hawks get a win on the weekend, it always sets us up for to have a really, really good week. So I'm feeling pretty good today. You know, after these last three games, oh, we were down. I think both of us were down, and I guess you were, you're the great elixir. This is what they needed. You go yeah. out there, you were the honorary <laughs> captain against Northwestern. They should have brought you back sooner. They should have brought you back before the Ohio State game or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly, right? My words of wisdom has energized <laughs> the squad, right? No, no. Um, credit to a bunch of them. Obviously, uh, I think they, they did take a lot of what I said to heart. Um, you know, Coach Ferentz, even after the fact, right, kind of said the same thing to me about me coming back. But he's I think he's really, really been impressed about how the way the guys have really responded uh, after those first few weeks. Because, again, they were in a spot where they didn't anticipate themselves being, where a lot of the guys haven't been in a very, very long time. So uh, backs against the wall, and it's good to see them fight and put up, put together some really, really good performances on Saturdays. Well, I want to start right there with you, of course, being a part of the program and, and knowing the nature of it. We've talked about this uh, throughout the season at different times, but one thing that you have to be impressed by, uh, pulling themselves out of that rut after the three straight losses, Michigan, Illinois, and then Ohio State, it looked like it very well could be a lost season. I mean, we were talking about staff changes, Kirk walking away and retiring. I mean, there's all kinds of things out there and just speculating about what the future is, but Kirk... He never shied away. He never changed. He is the same guy. And I know you saw that. You went through bad times, the program, going back to the end of 2014 and, and what the turnaround led to in 2015. So you've been a part of it. Take us through that nature of just grinding away. The original mantra was break the rock. You know, those kind of adages that are every program has something like it. But you've been around football for a long time. Why is it so different seemingly in the Iowa football program and, and the way that they do things, how they can pull themselves out of bad spots yeah uh it really really does go back to that culture and the type of people that you bring into the building and like from everywhere throughout the building right but it's not just the players 
um, that experience to the coaches, the training staff, everyone in the building that you interact with, you you want to build that kind of, that culture of never give up, keep grinding away. Um, that's how we're going to do it. And knowing Iowa and you know the Iowa football program, you never get the superstar. You never really get the superstars, right? Um, slowly you get those guys every now and again, but most of the time you're not, right? And we're we're typically underdogs. A lot of us, you know, maybe under recruited things like that, and you just kind of have kind of have that and a dog mentality of like, hey, we just got to keep grinding. We just got to keep going um, every step of the way, even when things do get tough, because uh, you know it's not going to be easy. Nothing's guaranteed um, playing college football, especially playing at Iowa. You're going to have to work to continue to work even when things are going good and even more so when things are, aren't going your way. And I really just feel like that's something that carries from really top to bottom. And you see it even even at times when you know things are going good right you kind of hear it from the players in media interviews they kind of echo a lot of the same stuff right like we're just going to keep grinding we're just going to keep focusing on our job and go out there and and perform when, when needed and that that doesn't change whether things are going good or bad and i think that's one thing that you can really pinpoint about this Iowa football program through Kirk Francis, Coach Francis' entire tenure there is that the teams, they don't give up. They keep grinding. They keep fighting um, every single year, even even when things aren't going good. And there's obviously programs that are out there where when things aren't necessarily going their way, where they just kind of fall off. looks like the team essentially just quit, quits and just gives up. Iowa's not one of those programs. And it's really something that starts from the top, starts from Coach Francis, and then you know, everyone, everyone in the entire building believes in that type of mentality. And it's, it's a really good thing to see. It really is the way that they're able to just find a way. And this is another game where you go for 146 yards of total offense. The offense still had their issues. Offensive line looked overmatched early in the football game, yet they just kept going. And when they had an opportunity, they get a couple of scores on the board. They get a 14-3, give up that touchdown late in the half. I say, oh, boy, here we go again, 14-10, yet they come rolling back. It's just incredible, though, uh, this group of guys and the way what they're doing, especially on the defensive side of the ball and special teams. You know, special teams are something got to be special. Sometimes maybe got to have a little screw loose to be out there and covering <laughs> kicks and knocking heads around and, and doing those kind of things. But, you know, special teams, to see – you go out there and you look at, you know, the return unit and you see Cooper DeGene down there, down in punts and Terry Roberts, when he's healthy, who's a starter, a cornerback and, and him doing those things, Seth Benson, Jack Campbell, you got starters out there. Take us inside the locker room and what that means and, and the special teams component of this without special teams. I don't know if Iowa wins this football game, but that is a third component here and why it's so important to Iowa football. Yeah, it really is. Special teams is a huge, huge deal. And I know a lot of people think that special teams is really a spot for a bunch of, you know, red shirt guys or guys that don't play as much kind of guys that aren't really making a big, big impact on the game. And that's not necessarily true, right? Because for special teams, you still want to get your best players on the field. And if they happen to be starters, it is what it is. Because uh, the only way you're going to win football games is by keeping your best players on the field basically at all times, and that includes special teams, because special teams typically, not always, but they can be a big, big momentum play in a football game. And and you see it every single weekend throughout college football, throughout the NFL. If a team can make a big splash play on special teams, uh, that can usually be a good, good momentum swing for the football team. 
And when you get your best guys out there, you get starters out there that are going out there and they're playing hard on whether it be offense or defense, and then they go on special teams and they're still playing hard and they're making a play, it looks at some of the other guys that maybe aren't getting on the field as much and they're like, well, if that guy can be a starter and be on special teams, what more can I do to get those opportunities to take my chances and get out there on the football field? So um, it's really, really something that I think uh, the entire football program takes pride in because special teams is, is one of those areas that you can really actually control, you know, as a program, even if you don't have the most talented guys, um, special teams and strength conditioning are really the two areas that you can build upon and be better than other teams at regardless of talent level. And that's something that uh, Coach Ference has harped on. He harped on it when I was in school. He harped on it before I was in school. And I'm sure he's still doing the same thing, you know, after uh, I've been there. And uh, I think a lot of the guys really take pride in that. And you see it every single weekend. And then when you have great coaches like Coach LeVar Woods, uh, you know, running those units, it only allows it to really show off on, on Saturdays. And you obviously see it. You see it every week. Um, with the type of performances that those guys put out there. So you you want to have your best players in the field. And when those guys happen to be starters, it only makes the, the rest of the team that much better because if those guys can fly around on offense or defense and then still do it on special teams, like what it's thinking like, what more can I do to create that type of impact? Well, we're going to talk about the game, the win against Wisconsin, and look forward what's still in front of this Iowa team. That's as we continue here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes game of poker for your small business. LinkedIn Jobs is the place you want to go to certainly help you out if you are in the process right now of looking at some new hires. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. A very simple process, easy to post a job in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs. Add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and it helps spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires first leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Trent Condon alongside LaShawn Daniels back with you on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Iowa gets the win 24-10 over Wisconsin. Not a thing of beauty offensively. The defense, though, certainly was beautiful. Outside of that blown coverage in the uh, in the end of the second half, that, or in the first half, excuse me, end of the second quarter, outside of that, LaShawn, defense was flying to the ball. And we talked about some of the offensive struggles against Wisconsin, but there's been a lot of times that Wisconsin, even against good defenses, they've been able to run the football against this Iowa team. Not the case here, and, and it kind of leads me. Iowa's had good defenses seemingly year in and year out. This one's special. This one, and you look at the future, there's going to be a lot of dudes, and you're excited about it, what Phil Parker has built. But maybe in a way we're almost just kind of overlooking just how elite this defense is. I, I, I kind of found myself, and I finally caught myself as I was talking during my radio show today, realize how special what we're seeing is going on right now in Iowa City. Yeah, this this defense is insane. This is 
there's been some really, really good defenses during Coach Ferentz's tenure here at Iowa, but this defense might honestly be the best, even with that explosion of the game um, that Ohio State had against us. Like, even with that game included, statistically, this is still one of the best defenses um, in the country and during Coach Ferentz's tenure. Like, that shows you, like, how good this defense is. And um, and it's not like they're doing anything crazy schematically. Right? You, you see the defense every single week. It's very, very basic. Um, a lot of times they stick in a stay in a either four three or four two defense, um, and there's nothing nothing too crazy, right? It's not like they're doing crazy blitzes, running exotic coverages. It's just guys out there playing sound assignment football, and it shows up every single week. I mean, again, as you had just mentioned, Wisconsin's been a team that's been able even during even when we've had solid defenses, they've typically have had success running the football against us, and they have a really really good running back over there. Um, and he wasn't really able to get anything going. Um, every single time it, where it seemed like they might be able to create a spark play, there was a guy that was right there that was either stretching it, stringing the play along, and other guys were rallying to the football, or guys were making nice open field tackles. And it continues to show up week in and week out um, where these guys are phenomenal. And you obviously have um, big players making big-time plays like Cooper DeGene flying around all over the field. Then you've got Riley Moss getting his first pick of the year, which is crazy to say at this point in time, this football season. Um, and the defensive line, like, is a feel like is a piece of the defense that doesn't really get talked about, but they are a really, really good group um, where a lot of guys rotate in and out, but there's not that giant chop off of, of performance um, when guys do come in and kind of guys come out. Because, and then obviously we always talk about the linebackers and the DPs. We know how spectacular those guys are. But um, I really think that the way that the defensive line has been playing over the past few weeks has really, really helped elevate this um, Iowa defense even more. And um, it's been, they've been a joy to watch, um, which makes watching Iowa football games this year a lot more fun because when you have a defense like that, that can um, force other teams that typically that might be able to put up points when you can watch them struggle against our defense. It really does make you feel good. And it's um, really a testament to Coach Coach Parker and Coach Ferentz and the type of defensive program that they've built so far. You know, we, we know about Lucas Van Ness. How about Noah Shannon? I mean, that dude was showing out in a big-time way. I thought he played one of his best games in a Hawkeye uniform. He's got an opportunity maybe to come back if he wants for another season. The depth that they have up front. Deontay Craig, he gets a sack for the fourth time in the last five games. I mean, he's out there making plays. He ended up with the sack and a half. He didn't even rate very well by pro football focus, and those are the times that I scratch my head and say, <laughs> I don't know who was great in that one. But uh, the, the Trent Condon film, he was grading out really high. Same thing with Noah Shannon. You know, the depth, though, of defensive line, you see it. We're, we're seeing YA Black get out there and play a little bit more. Aaron Graves, the depth that they mm -hmm. have up there is just absolutely incredible. And it, it kind of talks about the future and how exciting it is for the future, knowing that this defense, yeah, Jack Campbell, he's going to move on, and Seth Benson. But the emergence of Jay Higgins, we'll get Justin Jacobs mm -hmm. back uh, next season. Mm -hmm. Maybe a possibility of getting Terry Roberts back for another season if he mm -hmm. decides to go that route. And, of course, Cooper DeGene. And, man, I mean, you've played with some dudes before. LaShawn, have you ever seen his basketball highlights? I mean, this dude is 6'1", right? <laughs> I mean, he's out there, six foot one, white kid from Western Iowa, right? And all of a sudden, 
I remember seeing him that winter before, after his senior year, after he won a state title, and he's running around playing quarterback, basically a wildcat quarterback, you know, and doing things. And I'm like, okay, he's an athlete. I think you're seeing drop step dunking on dudes. I it just absolutely <laughs> incredible. This guy, he is so much fun to watch, so entertaining, and he's just scratching the surface. He's been built, hasn't even been playing cornerback for a year. He's right at the end of the season last year. It was the first time he'd ever played cornerback in his life. Did you have any guys like that that you just kind of looked at and you said, all right, this guy, and then he steps out there in the football field and he's just completely different and just an incredible athlete like Cooper DeGene? Uh, I would say only guy that I can think of, like, that was just like freaky, freaky athletic that I played with. And granted, I played with some really, really athletic football players right at my time at Iowa. It's probably, probably George. George uh-huh. is like the one guy who, literally could do everything jump out the gym fast as ever quick um and obviously early on in his career his only impact was really on special teams right and right. never really saw him uh show off his true really football prowess until honestly him in the nfl his second year in the nfl um with the niners but yeah coover he's an incredible athlete you see it um every single week and he jumps off on the film and then now he's with him punt returning you could see him with the ability with the ball in his hands you've already seen him um with the ball in his hands multiple times but he's got what two pick sixes on the year and we've seen his run after the catch like he's an incredible athlete and the fact that this is just his really his first full season of playing corner uh, is really really impressive because now it's like what more can this guy do like yeah. like what like if this is him so early on, obviously he's getting fantastic coaching, but another part of it is just his ability and his just ability as a football player to just be around the ball and make plays. Those a lot of those things just are things that you can't you can't teach. And um, I'm really really excited to continue to watch him grow and get better because he's only going to get better. Um, so yeah, he's he's an exciting football player to watch for yeah, sure. He- He's awesome. He really is. And worth the price of admission uh, there alone. Now, it was a lot of positives to take away. There were negatives. Offensive line, uh, the last two weeks against Northwestern Purdue, maybe a little bit of a mirage because those two defenses, not very good. It looked like the old offensive line here. So what did you see either schematically? I know some guys got banged up and and it looks like might be an injury or two coming up this week that is going to have to change what they do. What did you see the run game? Caleb Johnson had a couple of good runs in there overall, but boy, that offensive line. It's against Wisconsin. We know that that is a struggle going up against the 3-4. What did you see in the struggles up front? Yeah, so starters, you got to give Wisconsin a bunch of credit. Their their guys were flying around, especially what was that guy's name, number 15 uh, for Wisconsin, that outside backer. Herbig. Yeah, flying around, flying around, making plays. Um, the entire game. That said, that said, we definitely have to be much better up front. Like it wasn't even, and it wasn't even like the play calls that they were calling were like bad calls, at least in the run game, right? Like, like just watching it, you're like, there's like that. Yeah, that seems to be a good run, right? It seems like they they've got numbers, they've got leverage to to that play side for that for that call, but couldn't get any movement up front, couldn't create any type of space for the running backs where these guys they I mean all the backs that were getting carries they were fighting and struggling just to get back to the line of scrimmage and that's an issue right like there's nothing there's nothing that you can really do from uh i mean there's all it's obviously things you can do from a schematic 
um, standpoint. But like, if you can't get to the point where we can create at least a little bit of space for the guys um, to create plays, that's when we have issues. And that Wisconsin defense was getting penetration essentially every single run play, besides when they uh, when Gavin had the basically like twenty yard run where he just ran untouched. Um, so. <sighs> It's, it was a frustrating watch from a guy that loves to watch teams run the football and loves to watch good offensive line and running back play because, again, these guys, at the end of the day, they were just getting beat. There wasn't there wasn't really anything schematically that they were doing that was um, spectacular. Yeah, they were in a 3-4 defense. Yeah, they slanted their D-line a little bit, but it wasn't like they were doing anything just wild that these guys haven't seen before and haven't blocked against. And yeah, Wisconsin's D-line is, is is a solid defensive line, but it wasn't like a crazy dominant defensive line like, you know, like Michigan, like we played earlier in the football season, right? So um, the guys up front, they, they're just going to have to be better. And one thing that I did notice, um, and I think Chad Lestico pointed it out on Twitter as well, is that sometimes like the snaps are a little bit slow still. Yes. In the, in, and it seems like everything's just – it's just not in sync. Like it wasn't for some reason, it just felt like some people were moving, some guys weren't. And that also allowed the Wisconsin front seven to really kind of tee off whenever it was a run play and basically essentially beating our guys to the spot. And I, I know that, that Logan's still a young center and I know center is not easy to play, uh, especially when you're trying to snap and you're trying to get back up and, and get up with blocking. But that's something that, I feel like is another issue as well because it seems like they're they're just they're too slow up front and i'm not saying like they're not like good athletes or anything like that but everything just seems too slow and they're getting beat to the they're getting beat to their spot they're getting beat to the punch um before they even have an opportunity to see lash onto the guys and move the guys and i feel like that's been that was a big part of the issue that they were having in the run game on saturday against wisconsin well, so. Good stuff there from LaShawn Daniels as we break things down. Iowa gets the win 24-10 over Wisconsin. It's Minnesota coming up this week. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter to the most biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. When we come back, LaShawn and I are going to break down Caden Proctor, the five-star offensive lineman. He's been committed to the Hawkeyes for a long time, yet, oh boy, he made a visit to Oregon. That's usually a no-no with Kirk Ferentz. We'll break things down. And what's the latest on Caden Proctor? That's as we continue here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's podcast brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports information on betting, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from basketball to football, soccer, esports, at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well at Bet Online. The fastest and easiest way for your sports betting fix head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts Trent kind of LaShawn Daniels back with you here on the locked on Hawkeyes podcast as we wrap things up LaShawn a 
Look at Kate Proctor, five-star offensive lineman kid from Southeast Folk. I was calling his game on Friday night on the radio side of things, and all of a sudden I heard a couple of rumblings, talked to a couple of people up in the press box, and there were some murmurs that he was going to be taking a visit. Now, at the time, Oregon wasn't what I had heard. I just heard that that was a possibility. I kind of scoffed. I thought that this recruitment was over. Lo and behold, get up Saturday, David Eichold and uh, Sean Bach over at 24-7. I see the report. He's on his way to Oregon to go visit the Ducks. Now, from what I gathered today, I talked to a couple of people, both at the Southeast Polka, a couple of connections I have there, and then a couple of people in the recruiting industry. Uh, they mentioned to me that this is something that, first, the coaches did not know about. This was not one, yeah, go have fun, go have fun on your visit. This was, he's going. Now, in the past, that's an automatic no-no, as we know. You take a visit while you're committed, you're no longer an Iowa Hawkeye. That changes with a five-star offensive lineman, so <laughs> rule's a little bit different right there. I, It's an evolution for Kirk Ferentz. It's an understanding, and as NIL and the transfer portal certainly changed the game, you can understand it. But, LaShawn, you remember those days. You take a visit somewhere else, you're not a Hawkeye anymore. Sounds like that's changed for Kirk now. Yeah, yeah, I definitely remember it because I remember so – Back when I was in school, um, me and Eno ben Benjamin, like we were decently close. Um, like whenever you know he would come up to Iowa, right? Like I was definitely showing him around and things like that. And then and obviously when that whole situation went down, it was like it was like ah, uh, <laughs> like like I understand, like I understand it from definitely from both sides, right? And that still continues to to now. Um, it's definitely something where it's like yeah. Like as a coaching staff, I definitely don't want you taking another visit elsewhere, especially especially if you're committed, because it's like you said, like you're committed, right? Like, do you know what kind of you know what commitment is? <laughs> do you know what actually being committed to a school and being dedicated to that school is? Um, and yada yada. And but then on the flip side of things, it's like from a player's perspective, first off, not only do I want to take all five of my official visits <laughs> for starters, because I mean. They treat you like a king. This is really the right. only time they're going to treat you like that <laughs> until you get to free agency in the NFL, which is like, you know, your fourth, fifth year in the NFL. So it's going to be a, it's usually a long while after that. And then you obviously you also want to make the best decision for yourself. And, um, you know, for a guy like that, a five star guy like that, um, those are guys that can really, really, really help your program getting those type of talents in there because you can attract more talent. And it's obviously going to help you win a lot more football games if they end up panning out the way that you anticipate them panning out. So I definitely understand it from both sides of things, but it can definitely make you a little bit nervous from a coaching staff perspective. Like, dang, like, is there something that we're not doing? Is there something that you're looking for that we don't have? Like, what is the reasoning behind you kind of going on another visit and, you know, expanding your recruitment, even though that you say that you're committed? you're committed so that's kind of where i'm at on the on the things uh about it but um i'm sure uh kate is obviously doing the best thing for himself and actually trying to use up his official visits and make the best decision for himself so because again you're just verbally committed you're not really committed um until the end but it's one of those things where it's like well you probably would have just rather you just not be committed at all yet and right. then you know wait to the end and decide like yeah like i'm just going here and this is it so 
Well, you know. a couple other nuggets that I can pass along uh, to to you and to our listeners and our watchers on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, first of all, so when he made his commitment this summer, I, Alabama was still making the phone calls, and they've continued the contact. I mean, the text messages and the DMs and all that stuff, that's continued, and, and that happens a lot. That's not a big surprise. Alabama had a coach in attendance at the Unidome on Friday night uh, during the semifinal win against Johnston, so they're still recruiting him as well. No surprise on that front. But uh, Caden, he got a vehicle after he made his commitment. So he is part of a group that Spencer Lee, the national champion wrestler, Xavier Wampa, who is, of course, on the Iowa campus, uh, Riley Moss, I, I know, is involved with. It's not an agent, but basically guys are kind of allowed agents now. And it's, I don't know, a handler, if you want to call it that, something like that. Well, apparently uh, his person didn't even know also about his organ visit until it was already in the works. It sounds like this is coming more from the family, somebody in the family. There was somebody in the family that didn't want him to commit to Iowa this summer when he did. He got a vehicle. Now, does that vehicle go away? Well, Oregon will be able to pay for a couple of vehicles if they want, if that's the case. This comes down to NIL, seeing what else is out there. I was also told this, as we know, Iowa has their biggest collective right now is the Swarm Collective. And listening and, and hearing a little bit more about this, Kirk is willing. Now, if in a perfect world, Kirk Ferris would just like everybody to get the same, very socialist, everybody gets a, a check for the exact same amount. But he also knows that's not reality. And this shows you the evolution of Kirk Ferentz and being willing to adapt. And basically, he has told them, not individually about Proctor, but hey, if it's going to take more to get somebody, and it's somebody we really want, and you can make that happen, then make it happen. So is this something where the collective needs to come together and see what else they can do? I think that's a strong possibility. It's really important, though, really this week, for Iowa to get in front of this, to get in front of the Proctor family again, to have a, not a DM, not a tweet, not even a phone call, but get a face-to-face. If that's you know getting him to Iowa's practice sometime, coming over here to Des Moines where I'm at, getting over to Southeast Polk and talking to him that way. But I think it's really important that that conversation continues. And, hey, what we've already had here, is there anything else we can do? What can we do to really solidify this commitment? He's ultra-important. I've watched this dude play now for four years. I've seen him. I've called a lot of high school games now in the last 20 years of doing this. I've been in front of a lot. There's nobody I've seen quite like this. I've seen Ross Pierce-Bacher back, you know, when he was playing and ended up in Alabama. I've seen good offensive linemen. I've, I've seen Tyler Linderbaum. Caden Proctor's different. And just with his sheer size and the athleticism, he is ready-made to come in from day one. And with the struggles that I was had, he's at the utmost importance. So, Anything that they can do to make it work, it's not fun, but this is the new reality of college football. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Everything you say is spot on, spot on. So we'll see. I'm sure I'm sure the staff is putting together a plan to address it. So, uh, yeah, it will be interesting, interesting next few weeks, that's for sure. Let's hope it ends a little bit better than Eno Benjamin, right? And things go a little bit better <laughs> than that sure. one. Yeah, as things for are sure. going down. I mean, you, you watched him down at Arizona State making plays and Bo Corrales making plays at, at Carolina. And what, Gavin Holmes, was that the kid that went to Baylor? Oh, boy. Yeah, you throw those guys in over the last five years. And what was a really successful run for Iowa football? Maybe it could have been a tick better. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you still need guys, right? You still got to have yeah. those players that can and take it. And that's, you know, big picture what we're talking about here offensively. They're limited. Well, if you get some better players, maybe you're not as limited in what you can do and opening things up. But those are conversations for another day. LaShawn, well, it's been fun. We'll take a look forward uh, later in the week. Minnesota on tap next. And 
what, first one to 10 wins that game on Saturday against the Gophers? <laughs> That's what it's looking like. So it's looking like. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Playing for the pig. My favorite trophy of all the trophy games. And I grew up in North Iowa. Family from Minnesota. Went to a ton of Iowa-Minnesota games up in the Dome growing up. So I love this game. It's my favorite game of the year. And excited to break things down. LaShawn, have a good rest of the week. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thanks for watching here. The Locked On Hawkeyes podcast and making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back with you later in the week. Thanks for joining us here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast.